welcome to Candidates of Liberty, a special series from Lions of Liberty dedicated to spotlighting libertarian candidates across the country. If you enjoy our work, please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Lions of Liberty. Hello and welcome to Candidates of Liberty. This is episode number three. I am Brian McWilliams, one of the three hosts on this new podcast from the Lions of Liberty. And if this is your first episode, basically the impetus of this show is that there are so many great libertarian candidates out there running that we wanted to dedicate a very special show with shorter interviews to talking to some of these people, letting people know what they're up to, that they can get out, get their vote out and help move our libertarian cause forward. Uh, my guest today is going to be Matt Waters, who is running for Senate in Virginia, and I will post all of the links to Matt's uh, information pages, who his videos, as well as where you can go and support him financially at lionsofliberty.com forward slash C-O-L-3. All right. So welcome, Matt Waters. Matt, of course, is running for Senate in Virginia. And uh, Matt, so before we get into your actual campaign issues, I want to know a little bit more about you as uh, as a man and as a libertarian. How did you how did you come to become uh, the big L man that you are? Yeah, that's a good question, uh, Brian. I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of different ways I could answer that question. I could talk about politics. I could talk about elections I've been involved in, uh, you know, backstabbing. I could talk about <laughs> disappointing, disappointing, uh, you know, folks who have been nominated, uh, you know, the John McCain's or mm-hmm. the Mitt Romney's or the Bob Dole's. Uh, and I could go on and on and on. Um, you know, then I could look at the actually the philosophy, which is really what drew me back in. You know, I was a, you know, I, I call myself a, a re- you know, recovering Republican. <laughs> right. And we are, you know, we, we continue to hold our nose and we continue to vote for the lesser of the two evils. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it got very tiresome uh, to me. And, and uh, really, I got re-energized when I heard a, a, a congressman from Houston, Texas, give a talk in like 2007. That would be Ron Paul. Mm-hmm. And the best. it first really, <laughs> yeah, it, to- it totally irked me, right? I'm like, well, what is this guy talking about? No war and peace. What, what, what are you, we're supposed to be bomb, 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 bomb Iran, right? And so, you know, it, it really it kind of rocked me and, and it got me angry at first and it pushed buttons. And uh, I eventually came to really, uh, I, you know, understand the ideas of liberty mm-hmm. and what it meant to be freedom. And, and it made me feel really uncomfortable because as a, even as a conservative Republican, there's things you want government to do and to control. Um, you know, there's things we what, look I mean, the two candidates had a debate a few, you know, Tim Kaine and Corey Stewart, my two opponents had mm-hmm. a debate a few weeks ago. Um, you know, and, and I like to put, put it this way. You know, we have a $4 trillion budget here in Washington every year, right? $4 trillion. Bucks. $2 trillion of that's in entitlements that we're not entitled to, according to the mm-hmm. U.S. Supreme Court. Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, all are going bankrupt 2035, 29, and 28, respectively. Um, those two candidates on 50% of the budget are absolutely identical. No reform. There's no movement. Yeah. They're just they're going to kick the can down the road, and you know who's going to pay for it? I'm going to pay for it. Uh, my grandchildren, my children and grandchildren are going to pay for this. So, and and then let's go another step further. Let, let me throw another trillion dollars where they're exactly identical. Okay, that's military spending. Mm-hmm. They may they may talk a, a, a good game, but at the end of the day, the nearly one trillion dollars on military spending and our policing the world that are exactly the same. Right. So now you're talking they're exactly the same of three of four trillion dollars every single year. 
identical. Mm-hmm. Now, let's go to the last trillion dollars where there might be some wiggle room. Not a whole lot. <laughs> we saw this with the, the Trump budget that just passed, uh, you know, what uh, several months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the, one of the biggest bloated budgets that, that were. I honestly believe that Hillary Clinton would have passed a smaller budget. Um, but the, these are the same Republicans that fought for a balanced budget under Obama. They fought for a debt ceiling stoppage under Obama, mm-hmm. and they, they were willing to shut the government down under Obama. But under President Trump, all that's gone. Right. So, and they, they won't even consider Rand Paul's proposals to try to rein it in. I don't know if you saw any of that as well. Where I did. Yeah. Yeah. It's very yeah. Frustrating. So, so I mean, look, look, look. At, at, at the end of the day, I mean, you know what uh, George Wallace said back in '68, and mm-hmm. Ralph Nader said it when he ran for president. You know, quoting George Wallace, and there's mm-hmm. not a dime's worth of difference between two metropolitan parties. Uh, I heard a news a report just the other day saying, well, they were sort of challenging that. And I thought, <laughs> but but where? Tell me where. <laughs> it's specifically where that happens. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, look, I mean, they're, they're you know, uh, you know, Medicaid expansion, what, single payer. Uh, that came right out of the Heritage Foundation. It came out of Mitt Romney. Mm-hmm. Look, that's how we got to Obamacare. It started with the Republicans. And right now, Marco Rubio is looking at expanding Social Security by giving early parental leave benefits. I mean. This is insanity. This yep. is what the Republican Party is doing. And so, so yeah, how did I get, I mean, I'm all over the place, but you, you can kind of get <laughs> No, no, that's all right. Well, well, no, I mean, and you're on a good topic as well, because we're talking about, you know, a, a poll just came out basically saying that 70% of Americans are in favor of Medicare for all, which, you know, $32 trillion price tag. So you do wonder if both of these sides are agreeing to continue to, uh, to, to fund this and to continue to play to the, the broader base, I guess. You're seeing no difference between them. So- Let's talk a little bit more about, uh, you know, why. So we're getting into why you ran for office. And then tell me a little bit about your opponents. Obviously, Tim Kaine, we know as uh, as Hillary's lapdog during her uh, campaigning days. Um, You know, tell me about about your opponents. I know you're trying to make a push to get involved in the debates. I saw that you were uh, ostracized from the most recent ones. So tell me a little bit about the tactics you're using and how it's going. And then also, I'm interested to hear what what progress has been made on the debate front, if you're seeing any. Um, you know, any yeah. crumbling of the wall keeping you out? Yeah, you know, I, I don't know that, uh, you know, I, I we, you know, boy, a lot of questions there, Brian. So just so just stay on me on this. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I'd say a couple of things. One, not a lot of movement on the debate. We had a, yeah. we had a we're doing some activism with the AARP debate uh, that's going to be broadcast on PBS television. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, both are taxpayer funded. Uh, right, the yeah. ARP to the tune of six hundred million dollars a year. PBS, five hundred million dollars a year. Um, and they're exclude, excluding a, a candidate that's actually on the ballot. Um, we think that's unfair. It does a great disservice to the people of Virginia, most of all. Uh, yes, I would I would uh, happily go to that debate and tell them I want to take away their funding. Uh, <laughs> but the Republicans and Democrats won't do that, nor will the Republicans and Democrats go and talk about entitlement reforms, which is, again, so sad because here you get the AARP you know, representing senior citizens. Uh, you know, 50% of the federal budget goes to this. Mm-hmm. And what are we doing? We're not even going to talk about it. Yeah. I mean, to me, it does such a great disservice to to uh, senior citizens as well in that particular debate. Um, so, you know, is there movement? Look, this is the first time I've ever run for office, Brian. Um, I have, um, you know, uh, run as a, as a third party candidate for the first time in my life. I've never run. So, so it's tough I mean, as a third party candidate. The barrier of just the, the entry barrier to get in is tough. Mm-hmm. 
So, well, what's your background? Yeah. A little, give me a little bit of insight into your background as well, because you said you've been involved yeah. in different campaigns over the years and had, had seen the backstabbing. So is it something where you've been active uh, working in Washington for a long time, so you know a little bit of the ins and outs? Yeah, so I, I have been in Washington for, you know, really most of my career. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 22 years as a political consultant, fundraiser, okay, wow. development officer. Uh, on multiple well, so you've campaigns. got a huge leg up compared to a lot of libertarians that are out there then because you at least have that yeah. background to fall on. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, so I, I you know, I, I get it, but it's hard. I mean, really, as a third party candidate, that's that's one barrier. Right. So, so you've got that that issue. Mm-hmm. You also have the issue of, um, you know, the, the organization. We're not you know, we're not as seen as a, a real political party right now. I mean, mm-hmm. if we get to the 10 percent threshold, Richmond recognizes us. And we don't have to spend, you know, thirty five thousand mm-hmm. dollars just to get on the ballot. That's pretty significant. Um, uh, so, so we're, uh, you know, we're uh, just an embryonic uh, little party fighting, uh, fighting for liberty and, and trying <laughs> to keep the other guys honest and, and waiting for a big break. So, all right. Um, so, tell me a little bit more about your positions in regards to, you know, let's say everything falls into place, you know, which we all, we all obviously want this to happen. Let's sure. say it all comes together. Uh, it's a dream season for Matt Waters and you, <laughs> and you are elected to Senate. What would you do? What, what are the three things that you would do when you got into office or that you would attempt to do? Cause we all know the roadblocks that people are going to be putting in your way. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's, there's two there, there, you know, this campaign, I mean, let me back up and have a, a yeah, sure. 30,000 foot that, that flyover, right? You know, we have to decide who is in control of us, right? Is it going to be are we in control of ourselves, or are we going to let Washington do it? Mm-hmm. Uh, the other, the other political parties will talk about their Santa Claus. They're going to offer single payer. They're going to offer a, a higher minimum wage or free college or um, uh, you know maybe even Bernie's plan on the what is it the uh, you know federal job for everybody, <laughs> right. right? I mean, you know, free. Uh, is not free, right? So the, the, the taxpayer works from January 1 to April 18th to just pay federal, state, and local taxes. Yep. Now, wait until you get free college and free health care. We're going to be working all of our money. By, by the way, right now, that's more than we spend on clothing and groceries and uh, housing combined. And, mm-hmm. we want, and, we want, and we want more free stuff. So money equals freedom. Mm-hmm. Right. The more money we have, the more free we are to do certain things. So my proposal to end the federal income tax entirely. You know, that's a that's a I'm starting. I there, love right? it. That's, that's, <laughs> I mean, look, look, it's it brings in one point five trillion dollars to the Treasury. That means you have to cut one point five trillion. People say, well, where are you going to cut? Mm-hmm. Well, it's like a robber coming to my house. If I stop him. Uh, am I concerned where the thief gets his, you know, where he's going to rob the net? No, I don't care. Just don't take my money. Right. So, um, so there's a principle. I mean, the libertarians believe that taxation is theft. That's in our party platform. We do believe that that's a, it sounds radical today. Uh, but, but this was something that the founding fathers built, uh, Mm -hmm. into the constitutional system. And until 1913, uh, personal federal income taxes uh, were illegal. You didn't do it. So, I mean, could you imagine? And here's the here's the turn of events. People say, well, how would you pay for us? Well, here's I don't really care how they pay for all that spending. Just don't use my money. Right. Principle number one. Principle number two is, um, you know, how can I mean, could you imagine, Brian, you and I getting about a twelve thousand dollar a year pay raise? 
what would we do with twelve thousand extra dollars laying around? Right. Guess Think what? about we the economic ramifications. Yeah. Entrepreneurial oh, opportunities. Yeah. Oh, huge. So, so I think I think we got to think about it a little differently. Uh, but, but you know, that's that's out there. I, I get that. A federal income tax elimination is is it would be incredibly hard. You have mm-hmm. to slash and, and burn lots of departments and, and agencies. And well, um, I mean, just reigning in the war state, it would go a long way towards it as well. We're talking about the continual state of war and how both parties uh, backing that full full fledged. So yeah, just eliminating so many of those bases, reigning in the amount of. Uh, <laughs> involvements we have all over the world with uh, wars that have nothing to do with our general populace. It seems like it would go right. a long way. So is, is that something, would war be one of the things that you'd look to, uh, to take on yeah, as well? Yeah. Yeah. So, so here's another thing. Like, so, so the, so the libertarians, they, they, they this is what really captured my imagination and, and recharged me politically. Um, I, I was running out of gas and steam and all the mm-hmm. rest and disappointed. And, um, but Ron Paul talked a lot about this. And, and so many multiple other libertarians that we are the, the party of peace. Uh, you know, uh, George Washington, our first Virginian, said <laughs> in his farewell address, he said, don't uh, – you know, how did he put it? He said, don't uh, you know, uh, rearrange my, my, uh, my views of independence and call it isolationism, right? right? Don't, don't conflate the two. They're not the same thing. So you know, we, we are uh, overextended. I mean, again, let's go back to the budget. Let's look at numbers because that's what senators do and that's what House members do. We, we, we basically are in control of the, per, of the purse strings. The military budget right now is seven hundred billion dollars. Mm-hmm. That's bigger than you probably know this, Brian. China, oh yeah, and Russia, <laughs> the UK, Germany, France, and Saudi Arabia combined. Right, and that's right? not even counting so, how many off the books uh, operations that are going on as well. <laughs> well, you've got that as well. So, so is the is the military? I mean, and, and you know, are we wealthy? Yeah, we are. And then there's all the distractions. I mean, we haven't. You know, we don't declare war anymore. We had a conflict in Korea and lost 45, 55,000. We had a conflict in, in mm-hmm. uh, Vietnam and lost. You know, these conflicts are awful, awful very costly conflicts. Um, and, and you really you look at the end game and think, well, what did we get at the end of this? What, what was it? What was the motivation? And, and, and what's you know, was it worth it uh, to sacrifice so many uh, sons and daughters and all the rest? So, um and, and and even our last our excursion right now to, to end the war on terror, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, I mean, look, terror has been with us since you know just after the Garden of Eden and Cain and Abel. Uh, it's been here a long, long time. We're not going to end terror, you know, tomorrow. Um, so we have a 15 year war in Iraq and Afghanistan. It's cost us uh, initially. The Pentagon said 1.5 billion. They revised yeah. it a few months later to 5.6 trillion. <laughs> um, you know. Uh, that that and people say, what's the cost of freedom? Well, Brian, I've got the answer for you. I did the numbers. <laughs> it's about eighteen thousand dollars per individual. Now, mm. my family of seven, which is a great talking point, by the way, that's a great talking yeah. point for the campaign. Well, I mean, look, look, my family of seven now is on the hook for over one hundred thousand dollars for our excursion in Iraq and Afghanistan, mm. and we're still dropping USA made bombs on civilians in Yemen right now. It is absolutely preposterous. And to say that our what we're doing doesn't have s- s- massive ramifications. People wonder why a Yemenese immigrant walks into a New York hotel with a pipe bomb. Do you know what just happened to his family in, in over in Yemen, courtesy of the USA? Is this his one family the... was blown. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, this is yeah, no, this is a few years ago. And, mm-hmm. and so he walks in with a pipe bomb. People say, well, how can you? They hate America. They hate free markets. They hate capitalism. No, what they hate is you just bombed everybody in his village 
you know, to, to oblivion. Right. And so then you saw, you know, recently the, the story that the, the mainstream media finally covered, which is the U.S. blowing up that school bus. And then I think, you know, finally CNN yeah. paid this attention. MSNBC did one story on it. But yeah, exactly right. You have people in, uh, you know, the concept of blowback, which again, Ron Paul had introduced so prominently in the Giuliani moment. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's good to hear you talk about that as well, because it's something where yeah. I think so many politicians shy away from putting any blame on America for creating uh, terrorism when, you know, we're definitely a, a huge component in that. Well, Brian, and I'll tell you, you know, we had that Las Vegas shooter, you know, uh, two, three, four months ago, and he's up in a window and he shoots down, I'm what, 80 something people, mm-hmm. kills 80 something people, maims hundreds more. Could you imagine if that were an Iranian government official who rained down bullets? Oh, yeah. And was able to walk away scot free, and we and say we and we we had no recourse to fight back. We yeah. just we just got obliterated at a country and western festival. No recourse. What do you do? You might take a pipe bomb over to Iran and walk through the streets or whatever it is, and, and do something that you know is 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 in your in your uh, way, shape, form some some kind of act of vengeance to, to get you know retribution for what happened, justice. Mm-hmm. So you know. Uh, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, no. if we and look again, we want we want everybody to respect this border in America. We want everybody to respect the borders uh, and the sovereignty of the United States of America. Well, we ought to think about respecting the sovereignty and borders of about 150 plus countries we're in right now. You know, that has I mean, if, if the Iranian government was patrolling on the streets of Washington right now, I think we probably have something to say about it. Yeah, most definitely. Well, and, and you know, people always it's funny with to be an American culture. You know, we we glorify these people that go out and get vengeance when they've been wronged. And then we look at exactly right. what you're saying. We do this things to other countries. And then when they go when they go and get their uh, their concept of vengeance on us, we say, oh, my God, the terrorists. So, um, yeah, yeah, I want to yeah, yeah. uh, ask you one question here, and then we'll we'll, we'll we'll wrap it up. We'll try to keep these fairly short so people can get through them. Um, right. And this is the tricky question, though: is what's one libertarian position or viewpoint that you don't know if you're fully on board with? Yeah. So, I mean, the, the, think about the Libertarian Party. We're, we're we are open on a lot of different things. So, think the the question of life. I'm a pro life libertarian. I had a guy just write me say, "How can you be a pro life libertarian?" And, and, and there's a lot of openness on this. Steve Porter, who's running the 11th congressional district up here, is, is a pro-life libertarian. Um, so I don't think there's a lot. I don't think that's it. I think there's enough of us out there running. That's, that's yeah, and it's uh, a very contra- it's, it's a complex topic, I think, and that's one that I, I have a lot of conversation with libertarians about because you know it's the rights for, of the woman versus the rights of the child. When do those rights take over? So yeah, it's a complex question for libertarians and. Yeah, yeah. I don't, it's, it's tough to find an official position on that, I guess. So, um, yeah, they, they, they kind of, we kind of artfully dodge it. Right. Think, yeah. Okay? <laughs> and we're, we're sort of, we're sort of open on it. I, 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 I honestly don't, I don't think we should be, but, mm-hmm. but, but here, let me get back to your question. Sure. Probably the death penalty, the death penalty. I mean, mm-hmm. look, they're, they're against the death penalty. I would say no. I think there's, there's cases where the state should, uh, you know, enact the death penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So uh, give know, me, I, give me like a, an example and then some of, some of the reasoning behind that. You know, well, for, uh, like, what, 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 for example, what kind of case would you say, okay, this person deserves the death penalty? And then, um, you know, what's the rationale to, for coming to that conclusion? Yeah. So, I mean, I look, it's, it's a very old, I mean, it's, it's built in law for, for, you know, since the country was founded. I mean, we, we've routinely had it. I mean, to, to talk, I think mostly where we are today, uh, on, on kind of quibbling on that and saying that, like the Pope, the Pope came out and said, Hey, no death penalty, not going to do it anymore. Or, um, so you, you have you do have religious folks who are uh, against it on moral grounds, uh, but you also have religious folks who are also for it on moral grounds, right? right? Yeah. Same moral grounds that 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 you know. So you just have this this deal. But but I 
Look, I can think of a case. I mean, just yesterday, there's. I mean, you, you, well, you can read any day in the newspaper, Brian, that, that there's heinous cases every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, this question on the life uh, came up with me, the life question, and I said, well, look, one of my one of my arguments back was, look, you know, a man was just just sentenced who killed his pregnant wife, not for one murder, but for two. Mm-hmm. How is that possible? Because it's in the books that way. Now, do I think right. he should get the death penalty? I think he should get the death penalty. Okay. So for, for me, I have, I mean, uh, a lot of the opposition that I have for myself is just coming from so many cases that you see where people are either falsely, uh, tried, oh, you know, they, yeah. they go to the, they go to death row and they are completely innocent. So for me, there's still so much, uh, vagueness in so far as the way the justice system operates, where I have a, I have a, a big qualm with it for that reason, particularly. Well, I tell you what. And yeah, just, no, and just no, the state to... having the power to, uh, to take a life also is, uh, a little scary to me, but, but I can understand people who do, who do see it that way. Right. Yeah. You know, libertarians, I mean, the, the other thing I say, this does speak to one of our core tenets that mm-hmm. we are a rule of law party. You know, if, if you read, you know, David Boas, you know, what is libertarianism? That's kind of the classic work. He's the president of Cato Institute. Mm-hmm. You know, he talks about rule of law. He says, you know, one of the things you the mistake us for is we're libertines. We're not libertines on the margins of a free society. A lot of, you know, I mean, I, I, I jokingly say I'm not the pot, prostitution or porn guy. <laughs> uh, but on the margin of a free society, some of that stuff goes down. So take the Second Amendment, right? There are a lot of bad things that happen around the Second Amendment. People shoot other people for mm-hmm. no good reason, like the Las Vegas guy. Now we come to find out. So does that mean we just take away the people's right to defend themselves? No, heavens no, right? But it means that there's going to be a lot of stuff on the margins that happen that we have to deal with. We have to think about creatively right. getting on top of. So. Right. Okay, good answer. Uh, okay, one final question for you, and then uh, yeah. I want to hear about where people can go and support your campaign, learn more about oh, you. Sure. Uh, but first question, there's a poster behind you, and I'm very curious as what the poster is. Uh, directly uh, over your shoulder. Yes, yes. So that's a that's a it's an old war poster. It's an actually original poster from 1942. I think it says something that it's, yeah, United the United Nations fight for freedom. And there's a uh, there's old glory there next to the uh, the, to the uh, hammer and sickle uh, <laughs> fight, fighting together for freedom, um, <laughs> which ironically which is, is what could have happened in Syria. Uh, you know, people are just they could have combated ISIS together, Russia and the United States hand in hand. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I'm a, I'm a uh, affectionado of, of old war propaganda posters. Oh, yeah. And uh, I have a, I have a multiple I have a multiple multiple of them around. So I love it. No, I, I like I like that a lot. It reminds you that, uh, you know, the prop- Propaganda that the state likes to uh, to brainwash its own citizenry with. Good to good to keep that in mind at all times. So, uh, well, that's exactly right. I'm glad yeah. you see it that way. Most definitely. Uh, okay, so where can people learn more about you? Where can they find your campaign? Go to support you, etc. Yeah, sure. So uh, the easiest place is my website, mattwaters.com, M-A-T-T-W-A-T-E-R-S.com. Um, it, you know, go sign up for my newsletter. We send out emails. Um, I will be doing a lot of events coming up. Really, the campaign season really kicks off on you know after Labor Day, mm-hmm. um, and we have a pretty full schedule. We're going to be up and down the state. Uh, people don't know me right now, and, and things like this, Brian. Thank you for doing this. We'll, oh, well, we'll put this out. We, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we will certainly send this out to folks so they can get to know me a little bit. Um, but we're going to be doing. I hope some kind of edgy things in the next uh, sixty mm-hmm. days. Um, <laughs> you know, things that the other parties won't do. Yeah. Uh, because because uh, we can do them. So. Yeah. Most well, I say as a uh, public relations professional in my alter ego career, I uh, 
<laughs> it would be very watching with a, a curious eye to see what PR stunts you have in mind. So, <laughs> God well, bless. We, we hope that it, yeah, we hope we're not stunts. We, we really do want to have a serious. <laughs> well, campaign, just but, but, yeah, the lingo, the lingo. Yeah, but that, but I'm interested okay, to okay, see what you guys right. come up with. So that's uh, that's exciting, and uh, we'll we'll keep an eye on you and uh, we keep our audience updated as well. And if anything, especially if anything particularly interesting is coming up, please do reach out as well and let us know so we can say, yeah, hey, let's sure. check in with Matt and see what he's doing. And uh, you know, yeah. if it's something extra special, good, we will definitely. Uh, talk about on the show some more great thanks for having me appreciate yeah, it most definitely thank you so much okay <laughs> all right god bless all right yeah. bye-bye thanks Matt. all right and that'll do it for my interview with matt waters again if you'd like to support him all of those links are at lionsofliberty.com forward slash col3 and if you enjoyed that podcast please do check out all of our other shows Mark Claire does a show on Mondays, which is our flagship Lions of Liberty podcast, where he interviews people that are leaders in the liberty movement. We've got my show, Electric Liberty Land, which looks at comedy, culture, and liberty. That's every Wednesday. And John Odermatt with Felony Fridays, looking at the injustices in the ironically named criminal justice system. And of course, if you really want to support us, you can become a patron of ours. Just go to lionsofliberty.com forward slash support. 